Hello, welcome back to the Comic Books Matter podcast. I'm your host, Jesse, and with me today for the first episode of 2021 are two really insightful friends of mine, and they both live in the world of comics. Uh, they have immense love for comics, and they both work at comic shops, which some call the lifeblood of comics. Um, it's uh, Hannah Kim and Anthony Greco. How are you guys doing tonight? Good. How are you? Good. Um, I am so grateful that you guys came on because we just... We started talking. Um, we, all three of us met inside one of our discords that we're part of, and we all just start talking comics. I'm like, I need to have these two on because they know more than me <laughs> about like how everything works and like and how everybody functions inside comics. Yeah, it's more of like a, a of a job than you think it is. I think. I always imagine it would be just like, cause like whenever I go in, like some of them's just re- in the back reading a book and I'm like, Oh yeah, that's how it is all day. And then working retail myself, I'm like, I can't be like that all day. <laughs> no way. Yeah. Uh, I know at least on my part, I've like hired a couple of people and they, that are subscribers at the store and they have often said, I didn't know how much work you put into this. <laughs> Yeah, I haven't hired anyone, but it's there's a lot of people who come in and they're like, oh, I'd love a job here. And it's like, okay, but are you going to like do the work? <laughs> because the, like they're like, oh, I'd love to sit here and get paid to read comics. And it's like, I don't get to do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And especially like um, though now Mondays, I guess, because of DC, but like Tuesdays must be just a nightmare of just getting all the books in and then like getting them like either scanned in or just set up. Um, so, uh, I do the sort on Tuesdays and we get our DC order in Thursdays, usually the week prior, Mm. but so we don't split our customer base. We usually just still only release new comics on Wednesday. Anyway, we don't do the DC on Tuesday. Like, like, like they kind of said they were going to do. Um, but yeah, I usually like go to UPS, pick up the packages and start at 10 a.m. And then we usually don't wrap up until about seven thirty, or so. Jeez, that's that's a that's a long day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what's well, usually over a thousand comics, um, and you know, we're just doing inventory, doing damages, uh, counting the missings, bagging and boarding, because my my comic book shop provides bag and bags and boards for free, mm. and uh, it's a lot. <laughs> that, that's always nice providing the boards my comic shop if you're a subscriber they'll do it for 10 cents which isn't that bad like i'm already buying enough books that i won't even notice the 10 cents added um to that final price tag <laughs> but yeah it's nice that to have them pr- bag and boarded in general like if you'll have that kind of as an option it's super nice to someone who buys a lot of books yeah it's, it's often like an oversight from some people uh basically we don't give as high as a, of a discount, but we provide the bags and board for free. And what most places do is they charge you for the bag and board, and then they give you a discount. But really, your discount only goes to the bag and board. So, kind of try to even it out like that. Yeah. Hannah, what what's your like your day to day usually at the shop? Um, I don't work like during the week at all. Uh, I work Friday to like Sunday. Um, so sometimes I'm there when we get 
the DC books and stuff, and I'll help count it and stuff. Uh, I used to work on Mondays, and I would help sort the DC books because we do sell them on Tuesday morning. Um, but really, I kind of just like keep the store together, not even keep the store together. I don't really do much <laughs> um, on the weekends. And uh, yeah, I kind of just like sell what we have, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, make sure the orders are taken care of, make sure transfers get done. Uh, that's mostly it. I kind of just try to keep the store organized as much as I can. Um, but like... I have a chronic illness, so I don't really get to move around as much. Mm-hmm. I'm stuck with my cane, so I'm kind of one-handed most of the time. Uh, but I kind of just try to keep the books where they need to be and order shit for people if they need to. And like that in itself, like I, the the person that manages my shop, like being able to just order something on the drop of a hat like that and being able to be on top of that is so helpful because I have, I have other friends who have other shops who are like, oh yeah, ordering's a nightmare for us. You have to like keep on asking them to get something in for you it's like it's not just an easy one time oh we'll do it right now for you type of thing yeah our owner like puts all the final orders through and everything but we were able to just put it in the system and they're usually pretty on top of it so (laughs) yeah as someone who doesn't do like the organizing much i actually like really appreciate uh, people who do because i don't usually get the time to do it so People that, you know, the people that we have at the shop that um, make sure all the books are straight and straightened out and make sure that the books are in order or that something's not out of place. Yeah, very helpful because I often just overlook it. And uh, I kind of want to get your guys' kind of origin stories of how you got into comics at all. So, Hannah, how did you, like, discover comics at, like, what age and stuff? And what was, like, the first books you picked up? Um, I was a kid, like, maybe, like, five or six when I first picked it up. Um, I grew up on or near a military base for most of my childhood. Um, and they would send out, like, USO packages of books and stuff like that. And so that's kind of just how I would read them, because my parents didn't really think they were, like, good to read or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then around 2004, um... I got to start reading on my own and I started reading X-Men and I'm pretty sure I haven't missed a book since, uh, at least in X-Men. I'm not like really knowledgeable about it at all. I've just read most of them, if not all of them. Um, but I've just been reading a lot of Marvel books and indie books for most of my life. Um, I recently started getting into DC a couple years ago. But it's still not really uh, a thing I know a bunch about. If someone comes in asking about DC books, I usually defer them to someone else. Uh, do you have a favorite X-Men? Like, is there like a team that's your favorite or just one particular character? I've always loved the New Mutants the most. <laughs> uh, the the current New Mutants, I haven't read the the new one with uh, Vita writing it, but like, I, I really was enjoying like, the Ed Burn- Br- Burson uh yeah. new mutants it was a lot of fun yeah i liked the way they were doing like the two stories mm-hmm. and they were still published as like issue one or two or whatever but they were kind of issue one of their own respective arcs yeah uh, i know a lot of people weren't super into that but i really liked that i thought it was kind of just a nice break from everything that was going on especially sometimes like some of the more 
quote unquote filler episodes, I guess, yeah. where they were just like nice to read and kind of get to know the characters a little bit more, especially. And kind of with the other X books at the time, especially like the main X Men book, it felt like nothing was happening really with like the first mm-hmm. arcs. But with the New Mutants, at least like you can feel with them splitting up the story arcs that that they were progressing, kind of like um, the Rebirth Wonder Woman, how it was past Diana and present Diana, and for yeah, there's like thirty issues, and it's like that made it feel like there was actual progression because you could see with each uh, alternating issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it felt like, and like there was, it was fun. Like there was actually stuff happening in each issue, yeah. and there was something interesting every issue, which I thought was a lot better than the other books. I love all of the Dawn of X and Reign of X books that are out right now, but especially in the beginning, I could definitely understand why people thought they were slow. Yeah, the Excalibur was the slowest for me. Like I had to like get used to Magic X Men. Absolutely. Uh, Anthony, what was, what's your or, like origin in comics? Like, where did you start, and uh, like, at what age? Um, so I was always like, kind of interested in it. Uh, like starting off like very young, just like watching the animated series and all that kind of thing. Like all those, all those, the Superman one, the the Adventures Continue stuff like that. Um, Justice League, but I didn't read like comics like much at all like even graphic novels or anything uh i had a uncle that gifted me some x-men cards mm-hmm. those training cards from the 90s and he was like keep these they're gonna be expensive one day they're not but <laughs> um i actually did not start reading consistently until 2012 mm-hmm. um I was bored all the time, and I had a car, so I would drive to the Barnes & Noble that was in my my town, and I would just kind of, like, rip open the books and read them at the cafe in Barnes & Noble. And then one day, as I was walking out, I noticed that they had single issues. So I started picking up single issues from there. Um, But they were pretty, like, inconsistent. Like, I didn't really know what I was picking up. I just know that I had read, like, the first trade of Court of Owls, and that was it. And then one day while I'm purchasing um, some single issues, a guy at at checking me out was like, hey, you know there's, like, a comic book shop, like, down the road? And I said, what? Yeah, there's, like, an actual comic book shop. It's like, oh, okay. So yeah, you should go check them out. I see you in here pretty often reading these. <laughs> okay, thank you. And um, yeah, so I, I went the next Wednesday because I tried to figure out basically when new books were released. New when new books were released, and um, I've been pretty much just reading ever since. Um, just going i didn't even know what a sub list was i was just going in every wednesday and and reading you played a risky game that i used to play where it's like i don't need a sub list i will be there every wednesday and i'll pick up the books and then every once in a while one book would just sell out before i could get there that afternoon no yeah so basically um i didn't even know what a sub list was whatsoever um uh, the comic shop that I went to, they weren't they weren't very good. They basically were like, "Hey, here's this kid walking in every day, and he's asking like what to read, and I don't want to talk to him." <laughs> and they never asked me for a sub. 
They never asked me. Like, I once prepaid for a book, and I didn't even know that wasn't really, like, a thing. Mm-hmm. And I definitely lost out on a couple of books um, that I just didn't know. There, There is something about comic book shops where you either get a shop that's, like, really welcoming to everybody that comes inside or there's comic shops that's really only there for people in their 40s and they don't want anybody else in that shop. And I've come to realize that as the more shops I visit, it's like, it's going to be one or the other. They're either going to love me or they're going to really hate that I'm in this shop right now. Yeah. So actually, so I remembered what I missed out on. I missed out on Saga number one. Oh, didn't, so you, just, first... didn't you just get that though? Yeah, yeah I've recently uh, righted that. <laughs> that air but i walked into the first time i ever walked into this comic book shop i saw saga number one and i was like wow that looks really interesting all right where's the batman <laughs> <laughs> um the one i remember missing the most just because i didn't realize it was going to be such a big deal at the time uh kind of like that was vision um the tom king vision and so like i'm like i need to get these books i hear they're really good now and i go back and it's like the sixth printing and i'm like not the sixth printing (laughs) they don't want to be that far (laughs) and this is before they even like because at least with independent books right like they did multiple printings they do different covers this is like this is just the red version of the cover and i'm like i don't want the red version of the cover it looks bad oh yeah they're pretty bad at it yeah um so you guys both uh both brought in, not brought in, but brought uh, books that you want to talk about that mean, mean a lot to you. I don't know who wants to dive into their book first, but uh, we're going to talk about Mr. Miracle by Tom King and Mitch Geralds and um, Wicked and Divine by, I should have their names off on the top of my head already, um, Karen, Karen Gillen and Jamie McKelvey. I think I got that right. Yeah, I think so. Um, so yeah, whatever uh, you book we want to talk about first, yeah, it's up to you guys. Um, uh, it's up to you. You're the host. I, I, uh, okay, uh, so I'll I'll <laughs> choose between the two darlings. Um, let's just uh, let's dive in Mr. Miracle first because that one's like really fresh in my brain. Even though I did read Wicked and Divine Volume One today, but for some reason, Mr. Miracle's in the forefront still. Um, so Anthony, you you want to talk about Mr. Miracle? So like, how did this come about? Um, when it came out, like, how did it hit you in your life? Um, honestly, I didn't realize how it hit me in my life until uh, the ending. Mm-hmm. Um, I was kind of reading it, and I was pretty, pretty, I guess, shocked about how the book was basically kind of talking about like depression and about being unhappy with yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, at the time, I, I I don't think I could focus it on it very much because of what was going on in like my personal life. But it also released around the time that my uh, local comic book shop was closing down, mm-hmm. and I was in a relationship that was just not going anywhere, not not doing any good for me. Um, was just very it was because things were like falling apart increasingly mm-hmm. and as as mr miracle came out uh my life continued to fall apart and uh sort of scott's life as well um he was having the struggle with orion 
and having a problem with like dealing with what he had done. He's kind of avoiding it, but mm. uh, both him and Big Barter were avoiding it. Um, and that's that's pretty much what I was doing in my real life as well. Uh, this relationship that was going nowhere uh, was I was just kind of ignoring it. I was like, no, it's fine, it's fine. We can kind of just like band-aid over it um, often. And I I couldn't. And essentially, it, the book eventually became hard to read for me mm -hmm. because I, I didn't, it wasn't a life that was familiar to me, especially like him relaxing at home with Big Barda and having things to do. At the time, I was basically, let me look at the release schedule for it. So basically by the mm, fifth issue, I became homeless. Uh, no, looks like the se yeah, seventh issue or so, I, I became homeless and started to to deal with that um, in a town where I don't really have many family members. Mm -hmm. um, I moved here uh, with me and my partner, not that same partner from the relationship, but from a, a different one. And I was still trying to figure out like how to stick around because I had finally started to get some friends around here and was trying to put things together. And then suddenly, I was without a home and struggling. And um, it kind of ties in of, about how I started working at a comic book shop as well, because I was looking for a new, the new Mr. Miracle since my mm -hmm. comic book shop had closed and went into the one I work now. It had only been open a few months at the time. And he had a couple back issues of it. And that's where it started uh, the relationship the working relationship there. Um, but when I was removed from my home, that was actually, I met Tom King at that time. Oh, wow, really? Yeah. <laughs> I met kinda, him. It's kind of like a, a Grant Morrison <laughs> in Animal Man type thing where it's like, wait a second, this is the man behind the book? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's actually my first convention. And I... Uh, I saw him walking around. He was looking for like wrestling figures and stuff like that. And so I was able to like speak with him a little bit about it and also talk to him about it, a little bit about wrestling, <laughs> which was surprising. He was like looking for like a wrestling ring. Yeah, that's, that is a little surprising. I mean, I guess maybe just for fun, but like never thought of Tom King as a wrestling fan. Well, I don't know if you keep up on his Instagram, but it seems like he buys a lot of toys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mostly for his uh, kids, I, I say with the fake quotations that no one can see. Um, yeah. Um, so that basically happens, and that was the first month. That was actually my first week of experiencing homelessness when I met him. And... Um, so a lot of those issues, I just kind of read in my car. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and they stuck with me, but I couldn't really figure out why. Um, 
it wasn't until I met him in 2019, and this was after after everything wrapped up. Because mm-hmm. uh, the book ended in November of 2018, mm-hmm. and I wasn't. I was getting some books signed by him, and. I asked him to sign for a friend who was stuck at home working mm-hmm. and kind of explained to him like, Hey, when I first met you a year or so ago, I didn't have anywhere to live. And uh, this is kind of a year later and I help run a comic book shop. I basically, the owner likes to say that I, it's my comic book shop. I, he just pays for it. Um, and I may even like own it one day. And he was like, that's great, man. I was like, yeah. And he was just kind of explaining to me like what Mr. Miracle was about and how you can always escape no matter what situation you're in. And he kind of, and he wrote that on a book for my, for my friend that I was getting signed for him that you can always escape. And that's when I realized that that's what I had kind of done. Yeah. Yeah, through homelessness <laughs> was uh, comics, uh, comics, and finding kind-hearted people, like <laughs> like a Funky Flash, like a like a Big Barda, someone they're going to be there to support you, but not not tell you what you want to hear, and that's kind of what I needed in my life, and that's what mm-hmm. I found um, while I was like couch surfing and sleeping. Uh, in my car, at one point, I was even sleeping in the, the floor of the store. Um, and reading back now, uh, it's 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 it is about uh, you know depression and and suicide, but it's more about being okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and and knowing that you can you can always make it out yeah and and i think that's a some, one of the things that at the time of all the books he was writing people kind of like ah oh, tom king's just writing depressing characters well it's like well yeah but mr miracle at least has the kind of the answer of how to be at least happy with yourself maybe not cure like there's no cure for it but at least happy with yourself enough to survive and keep on going um hana oh when did you first read the book um i read it the first time i read it the full way through was last year but the first time i read any of it was two years ago i Mm -hmm. think um, I was just kind of like flipping through some sampler packs and stuff and I was looking at it and I noticed the art was really interesting. And so I kind of flipped through it and I was like, oh, that's really cool. I want to look for the first issue or whatever. And then I just never found it. But then um, when I started working at my shop, we had it on the shelf in trade. And so I read it and I immediately fell in love with it. Um and after a little bit, I was like, "This I have to own this." And so, like, I ordered the hardcover, and I got it signed. And it was like, I like mailed it in to get mm-hmm. signed. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mailed it into I think Midtown to like get him to sign it while he was there. 
Um, but it's just like a book that meant a lot to me and I've wanted to do digital art for a long time mm-hmm. and something about this like told me that this wasn't traditional media not that like it's any worse or anything like that but I was just like something feels different about this and then yeah. I found out that he does 90% of his art digitally if yeah. not like if not all of it um and that really spoke to me and just like the way he incorporates the digital parts of it with like the more traditional aspects of the art i think it's which is really interesting um and the story itself and the way the art and the story weave together was just so beautiful to me and i've never read a superhero book at that point i had never read a superhero book that like spoke on something that poignant Mm -hmm. in that way yeah, it, it's it's weird because especially when this came out too, it was like at, in the middle of Rebirth, and Rebirth is such a positive run of books. Yeah, <laughs> so it this felt like a very '90s Vertigo book being slapped down in the middle of this is the happy moment of DC though, <laughs> and it was a very jarring book to pick up because it's like it opens up with uh, Scott Free trying to commit suicide. And, yeah, like within pages. Yeah, and it's <laughs> and it's just it was just like ah this 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 can't take place where the rest of the world is happening right now because everybody's too at least kind of happy comparatively to this so yeah it's kind of it's it's kind of bonkers how they got that the the fly with everybody yeah it's um and i guess like what kind of like true to life it's kind of interesting like how nobody really addresses it as like aside yeah. from scott himself and, and oberon at, at the end um along with the like the visions of people that he's seeing um people kind of just like talk around it a little bit Mm -hmm. um especially barda but uh he that's what kind of happens like because people think it's like too touchy of a subject often Mm -hmm. and i I mean it it is but sometimes those people just want to talk to someone yeah Uh, (laughs) and um, Scott doesn't really get that because he, there's too many things going on in his life, uh, whether it's, you know, Orion trying to put him on trial or finding out that big Barda, uh, is expecting, um, there's too many things going on for him to deal with like his personal life. And I mean, that comes up in the book as well around near the end. Yeah. And when it comes to mental health too, it feels like you get one of two responses for people who don't want to talk. They either change the subject or they kind of beat you down. And that's what Oberon, uh, Oberon, um, Orion and um, Barta do. Because Orion will, will punch him and say stand and keep on beating him until he submits to just ignoring what's going on and Barta changes the subject in, to the extreme amount of saying I'm pregnant at some points. And like she is, but it's like there's other things we got to deal with right now. <laughs> And um, and it, and it, but it also is quite amazing because he he's able in twelve issues to start Scott at the bottom, and move him to the most happy point in a lot of adult lives when they have a child, and he's able to do that within like five issues, and that's kind of insanely impressive too. Yeah, even even then, even then he's unsure if he's happy, right? Yeah. Uh, he's got he's got people telling him that he died. And, uh, I mean, 
at certain points in the book, he's, he's going through hell. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of what Metron shows him. Mm-hmm. And by talking to these people that aren't that we know aren't there, it's like gives us leaves us with questions like, is he, is he all right? Mm-hmm. And I mean, the answer is is no, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the answer is, and he probably never will be. But as long as he understands that and that there's stuff kind of worth living for, then he he can work through it. Yeah, right. Yeah, he can he can pull through it. Um, yeah, especially with the support of his of his family. I think the the biggest indicator of that is like he's playing with his son at the end of the book and sitting on the couch with him is still his dark side. Quiet, but he's there as a ghost and Scott just kind of chooses to ignore that he exists and play with his son. Just yeah. takes his feet up on dark side's ghost, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and it's <laughs> and it's kind of like sometimes what you have to do with your depression or your mental illness sometimes like I have to try my hardest to just ignore that it exists for a moment. So I can see what's around me. Yeah, and uh, I mean, I guess the biggest thing that we haven't mentioned is uh, dark side is. Yeah, dark <laughs> dark side is, and, and and like again, reading it this time, I'm like, man, they say that a lot, and I know it's a Kirby thing, and I know it's a Kirby and um and a Grant Morrison thing, especially with the Final Crisis, but like for Tom, he's like, no, no, no mental health is like it, it's like it's something that everybody deals with and it's always ever present in everybody's life and same thing with dark side dark side is ever present in every dc character's life because he's there and he's never going away and it's just kind of kind of an interesting way to pull that metaphor out yeah it's it's interesting because he kind of he teaches you about it but never explains it yeah at all uh, you have to like kind of do some digging on your on your own to try to figure out like why why does why does this keep being said yeah um, and he tries to he tries to I, he tries to basically tie it into like philosophy mm-hmm. uh that like philosophy that we would know like you know getting taught in school and whatnot but i don't know if he's i don't know if he sticks that landing that well to be honest yeah um it's still confusing Especially to people who I've had a lot of people read the book and say that they don't get it. It, it. The book has like a really hard learning curve when it comes to the new gods in general. Like if you don't kind of get what's going on with the new gods, you're going to have a hard time kind of making your way into what, what's even going on in general. Yeah. So the best way someone put it um, when they didn't understand it was that it, it felt like uh, there was a joke and they weren't in on it. Yeah, no, that's that's for sure, and and that kind of is what going like going into those kind of obscure parts of the DC universe is like it's really hard to get anybody into those because they're so obtuse unless you know history. Like with Marvel, even like Guardians, like you can kind of get into Guardians without having read anything, even though at the time before the movies came out, they were like the obtuse part of the universe. Yeah, yeah, hey, and there's just... like zero. Oh, sorry. No, no, go ahead. Yeah, there's there's like. And something I really like about it is the fact that none of the other like Justice League or DC mm-hmm. characters show up at all. But that's also like kind of a problem with getting people to read it. Yeah. It's like, you're like, oh, this is a DC book. And people are like, oh, I'm going to see Batman. I'm going to see whoever. And then they're like, oh, I guess he's on a t-shirt. Oh, I guess there's like a toy of Batman. Because Batman needs babies. Yeah. <laughs> Batman kills babies. Um, um yeah, but it, then it, like that last splash page where it's like, Oh, this is the world that could be and he chooses mm-hmm. to just 
saying, I'm not part of that. I'm going to do my own thing over here, I think makes it a little clearer too. Yeah. And what's even crazier too, it's a very dark version of the new, not that the new guys weren't always dark and have dark undertones, but it, like the half of the book is literally war scenes. And it's like that and violent war scenes too. And I know Tom's been in war and it's like, how that this is, this could be very jarring and upsetting for anybody who just op- cracks it open cold. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Within and, um, a couple pages, it gets like, it even like the first like issue, like um, they, they deliberately like change art styles on you. Like it's yeah. very Kirby esque with the like, funky flash man retelling. And then yeah. it cuts to him bleeding out in the bathroom in like the classic Mitch style. And mm-hmm. I, that's a really hard sell to someone who's like, oh, I kind of just want to sit and read and have a good time. Yeah. You won't have a good time until like the last issue of this book. Yeah. And then you'll still cry, which I did again the, today reading it. Um, so uh, basically speaking on, on that as well, with him deciding to stick around, mm-hmm. even though he saw, he, you can see the rebirth this new like you know life full of crises and 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 experiences he kind of decides to stay and that's what stuck with me like being here as well is that i could have i could have just gone back home Mm -hmm. i could have just gone back home to uh north carolina and tried to start again but i was like setting a foundation for something especially since I had just started, I think I had, that was my first month working in a shop when, uh, um, when I lost my home. And uh, it's like making that hard decision to try to just stick around instead of, instead of just not reverting, right? But, yeah. but taking a route where, I mean, you're, it's a little easier on you, right? You have a place mm-hmm. to you have a place to live, and for him, he could be he could have not fought Orion. He could have, you know, stayed dead. They kind of like they kind of say that he had a he had a choice near the end, and I had a choice where I needed to you know find a place to live or at least try to make some connections in, in the attempt of that mm-hmm. or, or go back home. And, and I just, and I didn't, I didn't want to, I wanted to, I wanted to try to make it work. And uh, Mr. Miracle, he makes it work by being high father yeah. and being, being a, being a father, being high father at the same time. Yeah. And making extremely hard decisions that he knew he had to make that, Others just wouldn't. And then at the end, realizing that he doesn't have to, because like he asked the clerks, like, do I give up my son? <laughs> yes. I love that he asked like a party city clerk for this. But he's like, do I give up my son to save millions in this war? And the, the clerk's like, yeah, you should, because the happiness of others is like the multitude outbeats the one, right? And at the end, he's like, no, what? I can do both. I have a way. Like this is this is me. This is my job is to do the um, impossible, and that's what he does. Um, and also shout out for them sneaking at the very end, uh, the Adam Strange T-shirt teasing like Strange Adventures. Oh, 
Yeah, I guess they did. I, I just yeah. realized that now. Yeah, yeah, when when they were like teasing the teasing Strange Adventures, Mitch is like, it's somewhere in Mr. Miracle. And everyone's like, where is it at? <laughs> he wears so many shirts. Yeah. <laughs> um. So moving on to the second book, though, uh, Hana, you picked The Wicked and the Divine. Well, what about that series as a whole kind of impacted you and how'd you find it? Um. I found it through the Young Avengers mm-hmm. because Jamie McKelvey and Karen Gillan. Actually, I'm pretty sure everyone who worked on this book worked on mm-hmm. the Young Avengers. Um, and I really loved that run of the Young Avengers uh, several years after it ended. <laughs> I didn't read anything but X-Men until maybe 2016. Mm-hmm. Um, except for like maybe, you know, some of the Avengers stuff or like a Justice League annual or something, the easier reading. Mm-hmm. Um, but I especially hadn't really read any indie books or anything like that. And when I first got my job at the shop last year, I wanted to read stuff that wasn't the big two. Mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't want to be like everyone who comes in the shop I recommend X-Men and then Spider-Man. Like those are the only two things I've ever actually read full stories of. And I didn't want to just be like the lady who is selling the same two things over and over again. So I wanted to expand kind of what I had read. And mm-hmm. I remembered reading that Young Avengers a long time ago, a couple years ago, I guess. And I was looking at the guy who created it and stuff, or not created it, but wrote it and drew it. And I saw that they had worked on this together. So I said, all right, I'll, I'll check that out. And we had the first trade at my shop. So I picked it up and I read it. And the art and just what they were doing, even in like the first, like, I guess the first issue, I, I only ever read it in trade, but like there's the big breakups of mm-hmm. each issue, just like in every trade. But even just like the first like issue just really grabbed me and what they were doing was really interesting to me. I always loved like the Percy Jackson books when I was a kid and um, like the uh, Neil Gaiman's American Gods, like those Mm -hmm. kind of modern takes on mythologies. If you do that, I'll probably buy it. And this does pretty much exactly that. And it molds, it like melds all of the different mythologies together in a really interesting way. And the art is so dynamic and colorful when it needs to be. And there was the time where I think it was Jamie McKelvey got sick and he couldn't draw. So they got some guest artists in mm-hmm. and they went really wild with the format. And then later on in the series, there's a whole issue that's just a fashion magazine about the Pantheon and they do just some of the most creative stuff I've ever seen, even to this day. Um, I guess I've been working this shop for two years. It's 2021 now. Um, whoops. But it's just one of the most inventive books I've ever seen. And I'm really excited to see what Karen Gillan does with The Eternals, because this very much feels like... Yeah, for sure a trial run for something like that. Not necessarily like an audition, but like something handling like 
the weight of those kinds of gods and stuff. And so I'm interested to see what he does with like an established property like that, especially with how much I loved Young Avengers back in the day. He he has a habit of just like taking something that we kind of already like, oh yeah, this is this is cool, this is fun, and then be like, yeah, but you guys want to see something crazy? Yeah. <laughs> like sometimes when, he goes, you want to see something really fucked up, and then <laughs> yeah, I, I think about die, and I'm like, I read the first when I the first time I read the first trade of die, and I'm like, hey hey man, you know this was a game, right? <laughs> like <laughs> this this is really intense. And uh, same thing with once in future, like once in future is like, hey, you know those lores that that everybody loves in the UK. What if they were racist and evil? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've only read the first trade for Once in Future, but Die especially, yeah. I was yeah. like, oh, I thought this was going to be a fun D&D book. <laughs> no, it's sad. It's sad and there's Tolkien in it. Um, yeah, so, yeah, we, The Wicked and Divine is one of those books, too. I've only read the first trade, and I haven't really got to read much further of it. I kind of want to just buy those hardbacks and read it all the way through. Um, but it, it's so fascinating to see the character build and you can kind of see where the pantheon shows up as themselves but also like just kind of human personalities within them also that have seemed to shift with time and it was super fascinating to just read that first trade and see that within those first six issues like the thing about trades is only six issues and he and he builds that world so quickly in those first six yeah and then like there's another that's another like theme of it i feel like is you don't know how much their god personality affects how they act or if Mm -hmm. that's how they're supposed to act or if they think they're supposed to act that way because they've been like saddled with this quote-unquote responsibility and i think it's so interesting and the book starts off bleak as hell page one it tells you like everyone in this book is going to die by the end Mm -hmm. but there's a lot of hope and optimism in the book at the same time and it defies its its own expectations several times throughout the i think 45 issues plus like the five companion issues yeah um there's probably more companion issues but i'm pretty sure i've read 50 issues um it's just it's so interesting and it's characters that I didn't know anything about besides like, oh, I know this God's name, something like that. Mm -hmm. And even, yeah, by the first trade, I cared about these characters and I wanted to know what happened more. Yeah. Like to every single one. It's like, like at the end of that first trade, like when like technically Lucifer's head gets blown off, you're like, no, like that's the best character. Like, hold on. No, I, I loved her. What? Yeah. Yeah. She's like the best character in this entire book and you killed her and and that's just in the first trade so it's like ah i guess i guess no one can be happy in life (laughs) so uh what about the the whole series though is the reason you picked this like what what about it kind of kind of either like change your perspective on comics or like impacted your just view of the world at all i think it's just the way i've never seen a book get meta with itself in Mm -hmm. that way like they open up with like the idea of like, oh, what if gods were pop stars? But then sometimes the book treats it as if Kieran and Jamie think that the gods are pop stars and are like almost standing them. But then that feels on purpose. Mm-hmm. And especially later on when they like, I think it's issue 33 or something. 
but it is literally front to back it's a it's a fashion magazine and it's got interviews with the pantheon and like fashion spreads from different artists but they're supposed to be like the photo shoots Mm -hmm. and the way it delves into those characters and like it goes back to like different things that happened 20 issues ago and things that it happened the last issue even but they kind of just like were like well yeah there was this thing that happened and i can't really talk about it but like it made me feel like this and this is basically what happened and oh i shouldn't have said that but like it humanized all of these like larger than life characters yeah and i think the reason i picked it is just again i had no reason to care about these characters even after the first issue, but they just attached themselves to me so much. And it was one of the first books I've seen with such a diverse cast too. Mm -hmm. And I just thought it was really, it was really interesting. And every time I read it, I get something new out of it. And Anthony, for you, like, was this your first time reading it or have you interacted with it before? Um, I've never interacted with it before. I've had like a couple of uh, like partners actually read the book, like and have the hardcovers and everything. Mm-hmm. But I've never actually sat down with the book myself um, until today. Um, and it actually kept me more awake than Mister Miracle did. <laughs> um, that being, I think, because I'm not in the in the right place for Mr. Miracle currently. I think yeah. it's like a, a mood book a bit. Um, but it, uh, Wicked Divine, it like kept me engaged. I, I almost just kept reading it because I, uh, they have a lot of the volumes available on Hoopla. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also enjoy like, um, as Hana was saying, like when they like reinterpret basically like mythology and whatnot into into life now or or do their own spins on it mm-hmm. um like a once in future like like other things that he that uh, karen's done in the past uh and so i was i was definitely here for for it <laughs> and um the cast was great uh one of my favorite things in media is when I don't like anybody. Yeah. And I kind of just didn't like anybody in the book. Mm-hmm. But there's not it, a lot of reasons to. Yeah, no, getting, no, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> and so that like that kept me that kept me there for it because I was like, oh these all these people are like complicated and, and <laughs> awful. <laughs> and I want to see where this goes because there's a lot of there's a lot of drama here. And, um, yeah, the, the sorry, I didn't mean no, to cut you ahead. off. Go ahead. The book really delves into like that reality show aspect where it's like, oh, everyone's kind of a piece of shit, but I can't stop reading it or can't stop watching it. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to know what these people have to say. Um, and I, th- yeah, I think that's another reason I love it so much is there's not a lot of books that are willing to do that. Yeah, I mean, there is like. I only liked, uh, I only kind of liked, uh, what was his, what was his name, Ball? Mm-hmm. Mm, um, yeah. But only because in my head, he spoke like Phoenix from, uh, <laughs> from Valorant, 
<laughs> so it was like the only character okay. I could like attach a voice to. <laughs> and I was like, and I was like, yeah, this guy looks cool as hell. <laughs> but <laughs> everyone else, like, I was like, these these people are kind of just shitty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The only reason I I got attached to um, I think. Lucifer goes by Lucy in there, but like yeah. the only reason I got attached is because she seemed to kind of care about the person we were supposed to be following out of everybody else, and she was like, "No, no, I want you safe still, but also, can you help me out with the situation?" <laughs> <laughs> and and then at the end, that person ends up having Lucy's power, and like again, I don't know where that goes because I haven't read further, but like that kind of like leads into me thinking that she did care in some more sense than we have seen so far. And so like that, that's why I like at the end, I'm like, ah, oh, you really did have to go off and blow off her head, I guess. Okay. Whatever. Um, another thing I enjoyed was like the book kind of just seems like a book for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it reminds it kind of reminds me of American gods a, a little, but I think that like most people could probably pick up these books probably and even if you don't like comics but I mean people just read big two comics and whatnot as well if you like vertigo books you know if you liked like uh hellblazer I think if you could pick up this book and read it as well and, and stick with it um and yeah I, it's uh, usually something I definitely recommend to someone who's like oh I've never read any of this shit like what do yeah. you recommend I throw them that or like and it's a little heavier but like it's good and mm-hmm. the art is beautiful and like it has something to say every time it has a new book even though it's obviously not coming out anymore like it had something to say every time it came out and seeing what heights this art form can be mm. kind of lets you forgive you know some of the, some of the terrible things that keep happening terrible things that can happen sometimes yeah <laughs> yeah uh, that was like that was something that caught me off guard when i first started reading it was like um they kind of just like talk about like you know lucy's like oh you're 17 so like legal or, or whatever yeah and yeah uh, so, wait a minute what am i, what am I reading <laughs> and um i mean but those are unfortunately those are things that like happen in real life you yeah. know and uh we don't really know if like i mean lucy seems to care about them the main character but they also just kind of seem like they're manipulating them and mm-hmm. that's how often those things happen as well right yeah and that, I mean, that, it goes back to time American gods are like, there you can you can never trust a god. <laughs> like that's basically what it comes down <laughs> to, right? Like, there there's always some kind of trickery because with that that kind of power, there comes, I don't know, a, a want to deceive. It feels like in all these media projects, like there's a want to trick the person that is willing to help you. Yeah, looking at you, Odin. <laughs> um. Hana, have you read uh, Loki? Sorry, Journey into Mystery by Karen Gillan. No, I haven't. That's I've been meaning to, good. and I just got Marvel Unlimited, so I'm going to see if it's on there. Yeah, that's that's like one of those books 
where I was ripping open like the cellophane at Barnes and Noble to read them because <laughs> I really, I you really, were that read. person. Oh, I 100%. But at least I was not the person that sat down on the floor and started reading. Yeah, I, I sat chair. down at the table. Yeah, I sat down at the cafe. And like, you, you, do that. you weren't that person that, like, this is the one that always makes me mad. I'm like, the person that rips off the cellophane off like the manga. I'm like, you know, the reason why that's on there. Like, you know there's a reason why that one's on You there. don't get to read that in public. It's yeah, not. That, that one's not for general consumption. <laughs> that one should not be in the reach of children. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, uh, yeah, thank you, actually, for um, making me finally sit down and read this because I'm, I'm excited to, to – I'm excited to keep, to keep going with it. I definitely have been bouncing off a couple of books lately. Also, you don't have to, Karen, to, like – get amazing artists for literally every single one of his books it's kind of un- i mean same thing with tom king but it's kind of unfair because he has uh jamie on this and on young avengers he has i don't know I, he has dan mora on once in future um he has uh i'm gonna pronounce hans. it yeah hans on hans, uh, yeah. on diet right yeah and yeah, then um, who's doing um internals it's the guy who did uh thor with jason uh Ribic? Ribic? Yeah. yeah. It's like have where's John Romina Jr. on your books? <laughs> like you need you need to have a, a, a so-so artist to kind of keep keep you humble. Please, no, don't don't do that. Don't make John. No, Romina but I, Jr. But I think about the same thing. With King like King goes from well, just Gerald's is his uh, Mitch is just his cohort and everything now. But like having Doc on uh, Strange Adventures and. Um, Jorge uh, Flores on um, Rorschach right now. It's just like, ah, oh, man, you are unstoppable when you have these powerhouses with you. Yeah. But we can define it. Also, the covers are great. Oh, yeah, those are some beautiful covers. <laughs> yeah, times. and they're, they're all just beautiful, every yeah. single one. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I have a couple questions to kind of wrap up, just not about these, though. Um, one question, and I ask this about basically everybody because I feel like everybody has an answer, um, uh, unless they're already doing it. Um, is there a series or a character that you guys want to crack at yourselves as writers or even artists? That's a that's a good question. I've never. <laughs> I've had a I've had a joke about uh, doing like an an old man Bruce book. There you go. <laughs> But but yeah. like don't, don't acknowledge that Dark Knight Rises exists or Returns exists. Just like only acknowledge Old Man Logan exists. No, oh, yeah, no. It's it's not even it's not even like kind of like those. It's a uh, is that strangely enough like The Sopranos made me think mm. about doing a book like this. Um, with like I don't know if anyone's here has seen it, but there's like a character who kind of uh, you know he starts dealing with dementia and whatnot and. Mm. I think it'd be kind of interesting yeah. to see what how that would happen to to Bruce Wayne, but not in like a serious, not not in like a super serious manner. Um, because I mean, he has enough money to take care of himself, right? I mean, <laughs> so, we'll see. <laughs> right, I guess the, the the Fox family may have taken it all. Hannah, how about you? Like, is there a, a team or a, a series that you would like a crack at in any way? I mean, if I could like touch an X Men book in any way, I think the little kid that was would be fine with that. Uh, Even if it's a dupe book, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't. Um, I have 
you know, like my own personal favorites and stuff, but never really anything that I've like sat down and been like, oh, this is what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, another um, question. Oh yeah, yeah, what's up, Anthony? No, I was I was saying, well, you 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 draw right a bit. You said you want to be a digital artist. Yeah, I'm still like in school and stuff. It's oh not... no, so like what's I mean, but what character would you be interested in drawing? I I always think it's interesting because I can't draw. Um, so I like to hear people think they would they can draw. Honestly, like I draw a lot of Young Avengers stuff, anyways. <laughs> so probably <laughs> them. Yeah, I. Uh, they don't use any of those characters enough. I mean, we're only getting a six-issue miniseries for America, and honestly, it's not enough. And, like, yeah. none of them are in Champions right now anymore, right? Like, it's all new characters and Champions. Yeah, yeah, it's all the Champions from 2016, which I also love the Champions. They are I do, too. It's just, favorites. like, there should be room for t- all these kids. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I love the latest issue of Champions, the third one. Mm-hmm. Has anyone read that? I haven't read anything of the new champions. Uh, I've only read issue one. I'm a little behind on a lot of stuff. I reread, uh, (laughs) just talking about uh, stuff that we were reading today. I reread Vision 2 today because I'm like, yeah, I guess so. (laughs) Because Scarlet Witch and Vision is coming up. So I just reread Vision. Um, And I forgot that's where uh, Viv comes from. Like, for some reason, my brain's like, no, Viv's always been in the champions. She has no other origin. Um, I have a I have a sin to admit, which is that I've only read issue one of Vision. I mean, that's fair. Vision is a, like after you read all the new Tom King stuff, Vision's a very different book. It feels like than all those other ones. It's him kind of getting that tone, but not having it fully yet. Like, he's trying a lot of cool stuff in Vision, but nothing's really landing except for some of the character stuff. Like there's one really I think brilliant issue of Vision, and that's the, the breakdown between Vision and Scarlet Witch's relationship um there's a whole issue where tom king just kind of goes through their whole history but breaks it down kind of it, the way he would break down like any relationship like he did with batman and catwoman and like rooftops and stuff and it's super well done but like, i feel like that's the only thing that really lands perfectly in that series for me yeah anytime anyone mentions like oh yeah you had to read his vision or you had to read mr miracle what actually like what made me excited for mr miracle was omega men omega men's great and no one yeah. talks about that <laughs> i was like the only reason i was interested in it at first was because like there was a latinx character in it yeah um and i was like oh my god they're finally they're finally using him in something and i was like wow this book is i don't know anything that's going on but this is i'm here for that i i, I always like embracing like new 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 books like some things i don't the things i don't know about at all and i think it gets overlooked a lot <laughs> Also, another book starting off with your main character in peril, like Kyle Rayner gets his throat slit like at the beginning of that book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he likes to he likes to cut people. I mean, even in Vision, right? <laughs> yeah, in Vision, Vision, there's a bunch of character death. Oh, like the dot Viv gets stabbed in the chest by um, uh, what is his name? It doesn't matter. But like, she gets stabbed at the chest at the very end of that first issue. You're like, oh, what's going on? Yeah. Maybe we um, discovered Tom King's kink, right? Yeah. I mean, all, all I mean, writers put their kinks into their books. So, Rorschach opens up with a bunch of people getting killed. Um, what else? Uh, Strange Adventures opens up with that guy getting his head blown off. Yeah. Just so much violence. Calm down. Tom. Michael, Michael, uh, sorry, uh, Karen Gillan does it a lot too, though. To, That's to fair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, 
die. <laughs> are, are you guys caught up at all with Once in Future? I am. Um, the, the most recent one with, uh, I want to say not Beowulf, but uh, um, Grindelwald at the old folks home. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was like... That was really was like, depressing. Oh, glad... Yeah, but that, and I was like, I'm glad this is like... At least Dan Moore does it in some different colors because if not, this would be too much for me. Yeah, and then I also like the Hot Fuzz reference, but uh, yeah, the Hot Fuzz reference was that good. was good. Um, so the second question I had was um, for you guys, since you both work at a comic book shop, how do you approach helping people find what they're looking for? Because I know some people like give do the twenty questions, where others can kind of just see a person and go, "Oh, you like this," and they they have some kind of sixth sense where they're right about that. Which which approach do you guys go for when trying to help people find new books? It depends on who they are, honestly. Like, I mean, if it's a guy who looks like he's gonna like the boys, I play him with the boys, and then he usually buys it, and then he leaves. Um, nothing wrong with the boys. Uh, the book is a little rough to read. The show is a lot better, in my opinion. I'm almost done with uh, season two. It's very, very, very entertaining. Yeah, the book is... Uh, I'm, yeah, I've never touched the book, but I know from Ennis's other stuff that it's probably uh, a lot more messed up. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot... Um, there's a lot of toned down stuff in the show that I think works a lot better in context uh, versus what just, happened in the books. It also just goes on too long. Like it's, it's too long. Fair. I've, yeah. I've read it I've, and I, I've never finished it. Cause I was like, I, I get it. I was like, I got it. I get it. <laughs> yeah. I understand what's going on here. <laughs> yeah. My omnibus three, you're kind of like, Oh no. Yeah. I'm starting to figure it out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, sure, I, I was like, well, I'm watching the show. I guess I should read the synopsis of the comic. Cause I don't think I'll ever read it. And I'm reading it, It's like, does, does anything ever actually happen? in this book like it seems like they're just on the run for the whole just book. really horrible things really yeah but like at least <laughs> to in the individuals show, it feels, <laughs> yeah it feels like the characters actually progress in the, the show compared to the book so like i'm, I'm glad I'm, yeah i'm watching the show um but like if it's someone who you know seems like they have a genuine interest but they're just like oh like i've watched the spider-man movies mm-hmm. or something i'm like oh well you can try watching or reading a spider-man book or like i usually try to ask them like if they like certain novels or certain tv shows so i kind of at least get a general vibe that they're looking for like if they're like oh i like western stuff then i know to at least try to gear them towards that like something that's a little bit more anthology based character based that they can like latch on to one person or something like that um it yeah i usually just leave it up to the person if, if someone comes in and says they like Westerns, you trick them and you sell them pulp because that book sells itself on Western when it's not a Western. Fair. Um, the book made me angry. I was excited for them to do a Western and then they didn't. I mean, it has Western elements, but it's very much not a Western. It's good though. It's still really good. I'm glad I got it. Uh, um, Anthony, how do you approach that though? Like getting people so, in new books? I do something like a little similar, basically. Um, I do. I definitely ask what TV shows um because that actually helps quite a bit when you find out that you know someone likes you know uh oh i like the americans and i'm like oh why don't you check out like firepower or i like stranger things i'm like oh why don't you check out um paper girls Mm -hmm. um i ask them what kind of like video games they play because like if someone plays like a bloodborne or dark souls or 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 just games in general like even a 
even a tabletop game like like a like a D and D, you can suggest something like The Last God or so. Um, but so I, I try to do that, and one of my favorite things is doing it with uh, kids, um, getting them to to pick up something. Uh, basically, like the Spider-Man example was really great because most kids have seen Into the Spider-Verse. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can get them to pick up a Spider-Gwen or a Miles Morales or a Spider-Ham. Um, but another cool thing is like when you can get someone who's like, oh, I like Captain Marvel. And you're like, well, why don't you try out Miss Marvel? Mm-hmm. Because she likes Captain Marvel as well. And like they look up to Captain Marvel. They're their own superhero. And they're like, oh, I like the Avengers. And I'm like, well, you're like 10. So why don't you try out Champions? They're like the Teen Avengers. And that's one of my favorite things. Another thing I do is, honestly, I <laughs> I don't. I usually just go like, well, are you gay? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, all right. Uh, well, you should try out these books. Um, like, are you okay with these kind of things? And I'm like, hey, yeah, try out Coffin Bound, try out Heartbeat, try out um, uh, Karen Gunn's, uh what's it, uh, Thunderbolt, which was kind of underrated. Mm-hmm. Um, because I actually get a lot of LG, LGBTQ plus people into my shop, into into the shop, and so, like knowing the, I'm like one of the only people working there that knows what kind of like, what to suggest for people who are looking for that kind of content. Because I yeah. think, I think, it just kind of goes under the radar, like stuff even like Snagglepuss, yeah, um, for sure, or Midnight or Apollo. So, sometimes, sometimes you just gotta be. <laughs> You got to be prepared to ask the questions. Uh, and the last question for you guys is, other than the books we talked about today, uh, what is one book you think everybody should read or be reading right now? That's a that's a tough one. All right. Um, like an ongoing series, or you Either want like an ongoing, ongoing or a completed one? Just some something that you like. You think that. Uh, at least if you're gonna read any comic book this is like the one to go for like a lot of people always will say Watchmen and stuff but like I know you guys will pick something more interesting than that <laughs> um all right Hellboy um for completed things I think I think everyone should read Hellboy that book I found it during the quarantine um at the beginning of the pandemic and easily probably my favorite character ever that's like not a superhero that um <laughs> that's not a nightwing basically uh it's just mignola does something great like he captures he captures something that goes past comic books mm-hmm. with, with those first like six volumes um in a way that i don't think many people have done especially outside of the big two how about for you Hannah? what would be one like series or book that you would tell everybody they should read right now if they like spider-man and they're not like a kid i typically go for spider-man life story okay yeah um, i think it has a lot to say about like aging and not just aging, but growing up mm-hmm. um, and like dealing with the shit that happens to you and just like 
not even just rolling with it, but figuring out how to get past it. And it's something that you don't see superheroes deal with, but like Captain America gets older and Spider-Man gets older and so does Mary Jane. And that's something you don't see and you don't see them wrestle with that ever. (laughs) And I think it calls back to what I feel like Stanley wanted Peter to be. And I think I remember seeing somewhere that he said he always wanted Peter to be like the extra relatable one. He wanted him to be a person that just happened to be a superhero. Yeah. And I think life story encapsulates that perfectly. Yeah. Little life story is one of the, one of the best mini series that Marvel's been on a long time. Absolutely. Uh, thank you guys both for being on. This was a great time. Uh, where can people find you on like social media? If you want people to follow you. Um, you can find me on Twitter at ace boogie wave W A V. Um, I am at Hana23 or at underscore Hana23. Uh, the numbers are spelled out on pretty much everything. Um, I don't really do a lot. I draw uh, like Marvel stuff sometimes and I shitpost a bunch. So, yeah, I mostly, I want to, I'm trying to get better at that. I mostly just retweet and then I'll talk about Gossip Girl every once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh yeah that's basically it and then but I'm, I'm trying to get a little bit better well again thank you guys again for coming on and talking about comics with me for an hour and um stay tuned everybody listening to the rest of the role of all of my social medias for the show um but yeah uh catch you guys next time on the next episode you can find us on Twitter at Comic Books Comics Matter Pod. You can find the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash comic books matter. Uh, you can email me about the show at comicbooksmatter at gmail.com. If you have any questions for future guests, have any stories about how com- comic books impacted your life, or want to be a future guest on the show, just reach out to me on any of those social media platforms. Uh, logo for the show is done by my friend Steven, and the theme song is uh, by David Sazetsi, and it's called Join the Restaurant. And I found it on myfreemusicarchive.com. And uh, if you like the show, leave a review, tell a friend, spread the word. I would love to have more people listening. And remember, be good to one another.